Well, hello everyone. I'm your host, Cindy Ketzel. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. In this podcast, we team up with experts to bring you the best in HR, talent management, and business strategy. Speaking of teaming up with experts, we want to hear from you. If you have a specific topic you'd be interested in suggesting, please email us at podcasts, that's with an S, at hci.org. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Christine Maxwell. Christine is the VP of People at Rippling. She has the unique position of People at Rippling, a company that is at the forefront of innovation in the people space. In her more than 17 years in HR, Christine has implemented processes and systems supported by the appropriate people, technologies, and tools across multiple HR functions and industries. She uses her perspective on effective HR practices to lead mid to late stage startup organizations entering hyper growth phases and spearhead change management needs. Oh, one of my favorite topics too. Well, hey, hey, Christine, welcome, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate the time. We are so thrilled to have you. And I know we had just a quick chance to talk about your uh, path into this world of people. So we feel so fortunate that you have found your way, way here and that we get a chance to interview and pick your brain a little bit on some cool topics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I often say that I was one of those accidental HR tourists who, <laughs> who you know, went to the went to the HR uh, beach and decided that it was a great place for me to be, and I and I never left. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is such a I can picture it. It's such a great analogy. Well, that's awesome. Well, hey, I'll tell you what. One of the reasons I was so excited to have you on is I'm a passionate person about learning and development myself, and and I'd heard that you are also pretty passionate about the employee life cycle. And so, you know, it was really a great match to have you on Nine to Thrive. So I guess the first question I really just wanted to lay out there were a little bit more just about your thoughts. Um, When you think about this, it's a huge concept of performance management, but when you think of it um, in really that context of building what you all have done, which is a global team, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that there's the kind of core strategy really is for us is to make managers awesome. Um, I think that that, you know, really enables, you know, good performance management within the organization. It really connects employees to managers. And as we know from all the research out there, um, you know, people leave managers, they don't necessarily leave companies, right? You're, so much of your work experience is informed by your relationship with your manager and whether you feel like you're able to get something out of your career that's aligned with what you're putting into it, right? So so I think that, you know, what we really try to do is, is anchor on this concept of making managers awesome. Um, and we keep our team pretty lean in the process for that, right? So, so we really anchor on a couple of other tenants around self-service. We anchor on an automation as well. Uh, so that's, that's kind of our approach to it. And we, we leverage a bunch of different modalities and tools to sort of enable that to happen. So you've talked a lot, you've said more than once, you know, making managers awesome, which obviously, and I love that you use the word anchor, really seals the deal on what that value is for your organization. So I guess, you know, what does that look like for you then? I know you mentioned, you know, make sure you're utilizing the right tools, but 
how would you say that you train managers so that you could ensure effective management under this rapid growth scenario, which you guys have been under? (laughs) Yeah. um, So this has to be really intentionally done. So yes, we have definitely undergone a lot of rapid growth. Um, You know, January 31st, 2021, we were 265 people globally. Uh, Today, we're 1,800 people globally. (laughs) So uh, that's a lot of people to absorb. um, And that's a lot of personalities to absorb. That's a lot of behaviors to absorb. And um, if you're not really intentional about what you're culturally driving in the organization, um, then bad cultural juju can sneak in, right? So people will fill the blank space with their own practices and, you know, their own, you know, historical references. And so what we really try to do is be very intentional about um, what our culture is and be very intentional about making sure that we are really clear about what our values are as an organization. Um, And we, as an HR function, really work with managers in a couple of different ways. Um, So one is, you know, as we are really trying to figure out how do we make sure that we have our fingers on the pulse of how the organization is doing, we've actually started to spend a lot more time one-on-one with managers. So our HR business partners really team up with them uh, on a monthly basis now. Um, And we actually go through like the actual employee roster for every single manager and just say, hey, you know what, what's really working on your team and and what's not working on your team and, and at every individual person level, like how are they doing? And the reason that we're doing this is when you grow this quickly, and you have an expectation of this type of continued growth. I mean, we have big plans for the coming year um, and you know, we'll continue to hire over the course of the next year. We're going to continue to expand our business over the course of the next year. And we've absorbed a lot of new people this year. It's really important for us to touch base with managers and say, okay, first of all, the folks who are really um, scaling with the company and, and really you know, performing, exceeding your expectations, like who are those folks? And I want to know as a people leader who those are, because as we start to think about the organization and we start to think about the opportunities that we want to offer our top talent, we want to make sure that we are saying, okay, if we're going to expand our business in this direction, who do we have like already in place, in situ in the organization who understands how we operate, who understands the values of the organization and who we want to give an opportunity for continued responsibility to. So that top talent touch point is actually huge, right? And we want to spend a lot of time investing in our top talent. Um, And so these kind of touch points enable us to understand who those folks are. At the same time, for the folks who are not scaling with the organization, we want to understand how do we support managers in having really open conversations with those folks in high integrity so that we can manage them up or out, right? You know, a, a company that's in this type of hyper growth it's not a great fit for everybody. And that's okay. Um, what we want to make sure that we're doing though is having really open conversations with folks about, you know, what they behaviorally need to do to, you know, start to meet the expectations or to have a really honest conversation with them. Like, Oh, you know what, this, this actually is not turning out to be the fit that we expected. What do you think? And having that very open, high integrity, human dialogue with folks, um, really, really earns you a lot of respect and credibility. Um, and the authenticity then is there, um, because it is about human relationships. Yeah, there were so many things that you said during that <laughs> response. There. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh Is that my one gosh. question? Oh my gosh. Um, but I hope that I've got some of our HCI participants listening in. And you wouldn't know this, Christine, but one of the things that we do in our classes is we teach people this questioning strategy and one part of the questioning strategy are high gain questions. And so those questions that you're talking about that you do monthly, what's going well, what's not going well, what's working, what's not working, however you might phrase that, that's a great example of it because our whole concept is it's the business agenda 
not not an HR agenda. So let me help you to help what you need to further along, right? So how can we help you with your team? How can we help you um, reach your goals, move towards the strategy or what have you? So that's exciting to hear some uh, an organization that's using. You may not say, oh, we're asking high gain questions, but... <laughs> no, I love that phraseology because to really start to create a consistent language that is used across the organization. I mean, I consider that really important because then you are, when you are using a term, people know what it means. Like you're not just guessing, right? (laughs) Um, And I think that from a manager development point of view, you really want to be thinking about there's the tactical stuff that they need to know. There's the policy stuff that people need to know. And then there's the behavioral stuff that you want to coach managers to be able to work on and build skill around. And so, you know, we take a pretty broad approach to that. So we are, you know, have stood up these leader led sessions where we've got leaders in the company who are really good at some of this like tactical stuff that not necessarily all managers are are good at leading sessions that managers are invited to. Um, We have LMS courses where we go through what are your resources and what are the policies that you need to be aware of. Um, And then we've got external sort of extended um, behavioral development courses where we're actually bringing people along, not just the language that we use internally at Rippling around management best practices, but it's also um, done over an extended period of time. You team up with other managers across the organization so you can practice, right? And then, of course, we, we pulse all of this inside our automation tools to make sure that we're actually having an impact. That's really smart. Yeah. Thank you for going a little bit deeper into that. I I always love the very concrete, here's how we're doing what we're doing and it's working for us. Right. And I, and I know like everything, there's a change process to it, but um, I appreciate those concrete points and bullets of, of what you've been doing. Thank you for sharing those. Yeah, for sure. So you're talking about, you know, you've really, again, I, I go back to, you know, that anchor that you had mentioned about uh, managers being awesome, um, make managers awesome. Um, so, of course, to me, like when I hear that, you know, and then the other data that you gave along with how you're doing that, I'm already hearing some cultural differentiation from other companies, and I'm sure that's not the only thing you're doing. So could you talk to us, or maybe that is incorporated into this, but can you talk to us a little bit about what you all are doing at Rippling that might be culturally differentiated from what other companies are doing? Yeah, I mean, and certainly I don't confess to knowing everything that's going on out there. I do know there's a lot of really cool stuff that leaders are doing, companies are doing that are being sort of prompted and, you know, driven as a force multiplier for by HR teams. So I'm super impressed with what some of my colleagues out there are doing. Um, you know, what we're trying to do here at Rippling is to be very, very intentional with the types of experiences that we curate for employees. So my team is HR business partners and, and employee experience folks and facilities folks and, and real estate folks. And um, you know, as we start thinking through how do we create connections and touch points and really create this like sense of community and sense of tribe, you know, some of that is done through um, you know, a common language. And so what we do is we really anchor on some of the things that are really important to us um, around our values uh, and around our clubs and around our rituals. So we're very, and, and those are all very like intentionally have some sort of like business, business orientation. So I'll give you some examples. Um, our annual corporate awards, we call them work magic awards. And one of our, one of our slogans is make work magic. So um, that's something that is like 
very, very well received by our employee population. We have so much participation in it. Um, and we really take nominations from across the business of people who are really demonstrating that they are, you know, living and breathing these sort of rippling values uh, in their day-to-day work. Um, so that's a big part of, you know, one of the rituals and that helps people really understand how these values that we articulate come to life. Um, and, they, and it helps people look for it in their colleagues and look for it in their own work. Um, you know, we have leader-led book clubs for um, our, yeah, it, which is actually really cool. And again, like creates that, it's a, it's a lower lift, um, and, but it creates that common jargon across the organization. Um, and then I think the other thing that's super, super important is just making sure that, uh, that we do, that I think is really quite intentional, actually, is we are, one of our big values is to try and treat everyone like their owners. And we, and we instill a, a sense of it's important to be efficient um, and frugal and like be respectful of our investors' money and this kind of thing. Um, and we are really careful of the optics of that. So we are, you know, as we are making decisions around what types of events we're going to hold or um, what types of messaging we're going to send out or how, like how we stand events up, we're really careful that there's a lot of consistency in what our employees see from their leadership teams um, a lot that is aligned with what they say and is aligned with what we say our values are. So, so we spend a lot of time making sure that we don't end up not doing as we say or not, dem- not, not walking the walk. Right. Yeah. I, I'm just a strange question to add in here, but there's also with all of that, there's a lot of responsibility for communication, right? Yeah. Definitely. So is that housed? This is a question for our listeners, right? So is that housed? I think a lot of folks are always trying to figure out, do we put a communications person in our HR team or is this an, an organization wide communications person who's using the same language throughout all the, like how, how, oh, and just that's a quick such a response. great question. I was like, is it, <laughs> is it too much of a response for this? But yeah. Is there any way to just give us a little bit of an idea of what's working yeah. for you? So I will tell you, I've done this a couple of different ways in different organizations. And in my last organization, I was also, in, you know, the executive in charge of marketing and communications, as well as the human resources and facility functions. Um, but communication for any sort of change management is the absolute number one priority. Um, and, you know, when you have a, I love having a communications, like a, a, a specific dedicated internal communications person in the HR team. I think that's a really great position to have. If you don't have that though, then my, the next best thing I would highly recommend is to partner very closely with some key folks in the marketing organization. I mean, our marketing organization, our HR team have a really close partnership. Uh, we have a dedicated folks of employer brand teams that we, and employee experience teams that, that work together on a weekly, on a weekly basis. We have touch points. We put together strategies. We talk about the employee value proposition. Um, we talk about campaigns that are going on for internal employees. We talk, make sure that it's consistent with messaging that's getting pushed externally for recruiting campaigns. So we don't have a dedicated internal comms person, but we do have a very tight um, group of people who spend a lot of time thinking about that and, and curating consistent messaging for our candidates and prospects as well as our employees. That's awesome. So it sounds like a really nice partnership that has been built. Well, and we're very fortunate. We have a really great team. So yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that definitely helps. Um, so I, you've talked a lot and I've loved listening to some of the very intentional things that you're doing within your culture to maintain that connectedness and, 
and be focused on those values and the rituals. Um, Let me ask you this, and I suspect that some of this is doing what you're, some of what you've already shared with us is probably doing this, but with, with, is there anything else that you can think about when we think about cohesion amongst all of our employees? You're in a global um, organization, right? So what does that look like for you all? Yeah, (laughs) that is, um, it's really important. And, you know, I don't want to profess that we have that nut cracked, to be quite honest, but I will tell you what we do to try and address that um, and where we invest. Um, And I think part of my role as an HR leader is to make sure that I understand, like authentically understand the leadership and particularly the CEO, right? And, And really can say, hey, we want to make sure that we're creating, creating a culture within the company that really reflects that person authentically. Um, And so I'm lucky that we have a CEO who's pretty clear on what he wants and he's very transparent and very accessible. And so that's the kind of vibe that I try and push when we're creating the ways of creating community and creating cohesion across the organization. Um, And so we do have monthly all hands that we stand up that we record and broadcast a couple of times. We also have like very intimate sessions with our CEO where we say, hey, you know what? Come, it's an ask me anything type of an hour. Um, We're going to sit down and have a cup of coffee and, you know, everything is available to be discussed. Um, So it really creates that like, I feel like I, my executive team is accessible. I feel like um, the company generously shares with me what is going on. um, And we're pretty transparent about that. And that really helps everyone to A, understand how their work fits into the bigger picture of what we're trying to accomplish as a company and B shows employees that we deeply respect what they're doing. Um, and we do that by saying, Hey, we're sharing with you stuff that is confidential about, about what's going on with the company. And we trust that you're going to keep this information within the tribe. Right? So there's a lot that is kind of anchored in what, like, how does it authentically, how do we authentically express what's going on from a leadership perspective? Um, and once employees feel like they have that kind of respect, that does create a sense of cohesion. Um, and we also do a pretty good job, I think, I try <laughs> to do a pretty good job of recognizing where individuals and teams are really bringing value into the organization through bringing value to our customers. So we do try to spend a bit of time um, showcasing what is going on with our product, what's going on, how customers are receiving some of our new features, um, where some of the wins are happening and why. Um, And so that, I think, kind of intentional showcasing really gets people rallied behind, you know, what's happening at the organization, even if they don't have direct, like, line of sight to it because of where they sit in the world or because of their time zone, because of their function. Um, It really brings people into this sense of, like, hey, I'm a part of something, like, outside of my home office (laughs) that is got a lot of momentum and that's really having an impact for a lot of people who struggle with, you know, the stuff that they struggle with just running their own business. So there's a lot of like opportunity for us to really add value to our customers and their own business. And so it really rallies people behind our mission. That's amazing. I love that. And and what's funny is I, of course, I wanted to check out a little bit about your company. And the, one of the first pages I went to was customer experiences and was reading through that. And I was so impressed to just, and of course, all the pictures are people, you know, and I'm sure the pictures are submitted. It's not necessarily when things are being implemented, but <laughs> people, you know, they're happy in the, in the, uh, the publications that are on your site. It's just, it's just really nice to read like how you all, have been and, and I think you can kind of feel that in how they're written, like how you've been able to leverage your internal talents and your connection with your 
employees, you can kind of feel that when you read some of those external customer experiences, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like I'm pleased. Thanks for that feedback. Yeah, yeah, of course. Isn't that funny, though? That was like one of the first things I'm like, oh, I want to read what the customers say. <laughs> well, I mean, our mission is to free smart people to work yeah, on hard problems, I right? So. I know it. I know it. I know it. That Maybe that was what unintentionally led me there. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, it's a good rallying cry, right? It and is. It is. It's catchy. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, I just, I have one last, like... Uh, the priority question, and then and then I hope you'll be up for a little bit of a fun question. But yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, we always like to know, you know, challenges and opportunities. Um, so, what would you say? Because you shared with us some pretty intense growth, and I suspect that's not done. Um, so, what would you say thus far? If you had to give a shout out, so that we can learn um, what some of those hiccups or cultural lessons you've learned from this rapid growth you've all been experiencing? Yeah, um, probably two things. Um, one is a little tactical, which is if you know you're about to enter a, a phase of some significant growth, it is really worth your time to review your policies and make sure that your policies are really ready to absorb the variety of people who will be coming on board. I think that we got, I mean, I personally will say, I, I feel like I got caught a little flat-footed on that. Um, we just released an updated kind of employee handbook. Um, but, you know, when I reviewed the, the previous version of it, it, you know, it was definitely designed for a company that was at a really different place. Um, and so now we've got our policies in place that are really able to support the scale and looking forward and the future growth, which I'm, I'm happy about. But that was that I think is a tactical thing that HR leaders should yeah, think great, about. Though. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that I think culturally is quite interesting, and this is a, this is strategic, I think um, all people leaders do spend time thinking about the employee value proposition. But there is a great amount of value to be had in making sure as you start to enter a hypergrowth phase that you are really clear that you're not just finding people for whom your organization is a good fit, but you're also really clear that you're finding people, you know, who are a good fit for your, for where your organization is a good fit for them, right? So that has to be very mutual. Um, so, you know, everyone's always looking for like the smart talent and the high potential talent and the people who can kind of grow and scale. But you also have to make sure that that experience is the thing that the person really wants, right? <laughs> because otherwise it's not going to be a match. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's so key. I was just having this conversation not too long ago. And, and sometimes we think that we know that and then we get into a situation and we're like, oh, yes, this is not what I thought it was going to be. So it kind of can spin on its head a little bit too. But adding to that culture and employee value proposition, you know, again, that's something that we are pretty philosophically in alignment with at HCI in that exchange, that it's not just you rippling, you know, you're not just the one interviewing that candidate, but they're also interviewing you to your point. Let's make sure it's a mutual fit. And not yeah. just a, one, a one-way fit. Absolutely. So I think yeah. that that's a huge, a huge lesson and a great opportunity for people who are entering hypergrowth to really think about strategically. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a key point too. And that was such a key point from the question asked. You're absolutely right that you guys are growing so tremendously. That's something to keep an eye out for as as other organizations are going through a similar growth. 
Well, hey, I have one last little, just a fun question for you. I was uh, doing my research and I was on your LinkedIn and I saw that uh, you self-proclaim Fierce Mama Bear. (laughs) And um, so here, I guess here's where my mind went. I was just thinking about, you know, I've, I, know I can hear in your voice how passionate you are, which is also why I love doing these interviews um, about what you're doing. So I know you're fiercely passionate about that. You're obviously fiercely passionate about your family. So what, if any golden rule or tip or what have you, how do you balance that? How do you make something like this work when you, you are equally as passionate about your home and your work life? I will tell you, I don't think that anybody who knows me would describe me as a highly balanced person. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but I think that everyone would describe me as an all-in person. Um, and so I don't really have like a middle gear at all, to be honest. Interesting. <laughs> so I think that the secret that I would share with folks uh, to having a good integration of your work and your life and feeling like you can be successful in both is to make sure that you're not spending any of your time or resources on uh, your personal resources on anything that does not either go towards you being successful in your career or you building strong relationships within your family. So if you are able to cut any like wasted time out of your schedule, do it. If you're able to outsource things that would otherwise be a time suck, do it and make sure that you're investing in something that feeds your spirit every day. What a great way, investing in something that feeds your spirit every day. What a great way for us to wrap. That is so, <laughs> it's such a good reminder for people. I know my first podcast that I listened to, you know, partly why I was listening to was just for some inspiration and motivation. And I feel like as, you know, anybody, whether they're taking a walk while they're listening or they're at lunch or what have you, I think that little component, a quick reminder of, hey, you can do this. <laughs> you can, oh, and you can do exactly that. Here's, that. here's the tip. You totally can do that. And you can do that even with what you're saying. Like if you are taking a break to have a cup of tea, put it in a beautiful cup. Yeah. Enjoy the something oh. nice. Get Go to Goodwill and pick up bone china, a, one cup, yes. a beautiful bone china cup. And enjoy your tea in that. I love it. Yes, I love it. Take a moment. I love it. Yes. Well, hey, Christine, as I expected, it was such a pleasure to have you on with us. We really appreciate it. I know you're super busy, so we really appreciate you being on with us today. Well, I really appreciate you. And thank you very much for um, spending time and, and for the conversation. We look forward to our, another conversation in the future at some point. With pleasure. <laughs> we'll have to follow up. All right. Well, all right, 9 to Thrive listeners, just a couple things I wanted to mention. One, don't forget if you do have any suggestions for us for our topic, please shoot us an email at podcasts with an S at hci.org. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating. Your rating helps other professionals and talent-minded people discover our program. For 9 to Thrive HR, all of us here at HCI, and Christine, once again, thank you so much. We appreciate you all for tuning in. Make it a great day, everyone.